And welcome in Limestone Nation to episode number eight of the Breaking the Rock podcast. I'm Michael Sanders, coordinator of social and digital media alongside, as always, coordinator for media relations, Jordan Perry. Jordan, how are we doing this fantastic Friday morning? Friday morning, doing great, ready for the weekend. Welcome back, everyone. Episode eight, I can't believe we've gotten this far, Mikey. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. When we started this, of course, uh, you know, four weeks ago now, it seems like we are we're kind of losing our minds a little bit thinking that we were going to pull this off um but it ended up working out so far and that's uh, a good thing and we've we've had some great guests we've had some some interesting stories told so far on the podcast and that's really what we like to see um and hopefully we'll have uh some more here today as we uh, uh go back to a, a different sport that we haven't had yet so far um we're going to the women's volleyball team now and uh you know this person ended up transferring in after two years at another school and uh, pretty much made a, a rather immediate impact on the program, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Um, Vanessa Bloss, um, you know, came in last year, uh, all-conference first team in her very first season. Uh, I think that's making an immediate impact. I would definitely say so. Uh, so we'll bring her in now, Vanessa Bloss, number six on the women's volleyball team. Vanessa, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. Can't complain, other than that it's early still. Yes. <laughs> not yes, a morning is. person. <laughs> not a morning person at all. Um, so, you know, you've, you said you've listened to a few of these episodes. You say we're kind of random, which, of course, we are, and that's exactly what we expect to be here. Um, but the main purpose is obviously to get to know you as, as a student athlete, get to know you a little bit behind the scenes. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of got you into volleyball at a younger age. What really was the kicking off point for your, your volleyball career? Um, well, believe it or not, my parents actually met playing volleyball. Um, they met across the net from each other, and my mom's first comment to my dad was, you have very mean eyes in reference to them playing against each other. So then I came along a couple years later, and I was pretty much born into it. Like my mom's baby, baby shower for me was literally volleyball-themed, and she was the only one that could not participate. So I really didn't have a choice, but, I mean, it kind of worked out because being raised around it all my life, made me enjoy it just as much as my parents did so that's a fantastic story about how do you how did my parents meet you know that's one that I've never heard before across the net playing volleyball yeah it would make <laughs> sense for your situation so now now how how would that happen exactly was that like a like a rec league kind of thing or yeah it was just some adult open play they had a lot of friends in common and I guess they just hit it off apparently after my mother insulted my dad but yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Actually, one of my one of my good buddies met his his wife now at a kickball game. So they were doing the the little adult kickball league. So I kind of understand that. That was interesting. Apparently, he was swooned after by all the girls. But at least that's what he told me. I'm not sure if I wholeheartedly believe that or not. (laughs) Um, But so having role models like that in volleyball growing up, uh, obviously, you had some pretty good coaches, per se, then off, you know, off the court, even when you weren't practicing or playing. What kind of uh, advice did they give you kind of growing up in the volleyball scheme of the world, you know? Oh, advice? They were my coaches for the first three years of my competitive life. So that was an entirely different experience. I mean, having your parents as coaches, they're already hard on you to begin with. And then their daughter is their player. Yeah, that was that was just quite an experience for me. Um, a lot of times the car rides back were filled with little microscopic things that I did wrong that I didn't think about at the time. But now I even find myself to this day like overanalyzing just little movements, little plays on the court where I'm like, you know, what was I doing at this moment? 
what was my dad probably thinking sitting up in the stands looking at me standing in the middle of this play not doing anything productive I was like you know that's that's the type of thing that goes through my head with my parents um advice but it's actually their coaching that probably runs through my mind so both of them they were both <laughs> oh coach. yeah they still coach together too um they coach at my former club that I used to play at and they're a husband wife duo so wow well good yeah. for them you know I know kids growing up when their parents are you know in the car after you know a game or a match and they can be a little hard on you sometimes and it can kind of draw a person away from the sport but you seem to still you know you have a love and a passion for it did you ever you know run into that situation where you questioned like is this really what I want to do or yeah. did you already always have that love for volleyball no there was one time actually when I was transferring here um, at my former school that I just really didn't love it anymore and it became just a task for me, like going to practice and going to conditioning. Um, we had a lot of intense moments at my former school with our coaches involving just our dedication, I guess, as a collective team. And myself, I knew that I was not giving 100% because I didn't want to be there. I was not happy and I didn't, therefore I didn't like volleyball as much as I would have at somewhere that I was happy. But as soon as I came here, I was 10 times happier. I went back to loving it. like. And it, I think it showed on the court, especially. So now, w having those two coaches growing up, do they ever call you or, you know, pull you aside after a collegiate match and go, well, you know, you, you probably could have done this a little bit better? Or do they leave that to the college coaches now? Um, They don't do that anymore. My parents and grandparents are usually my biggest supporters and fans. Like, they come to as many games as they possibly can. Um, and usually after games, they're just like, well, it is what it is, regardless of the outcome, because at this point in my life, I'm just enjoying being here and I'm enjoying getting to play. So regardless of how I think I personally performed or how they think that I personally performed, it doesn't really matter because all of us are really just happy that I'm still getting to play college ball. Yeah, and we've seen your parents at some matches. They kind of, oh, yeah. <laughs> you have the family section there, definitely. Um, and you said that, you know, it was fun again. Volleyball was fun when you came to Limestone and Last year you played in all 28 matches, 100 sets, and I'm pretty sure that was through an injury as well. But you led the team with 304 kills, um, 3.04 kills per set. You added 141 digs and 12 assists and 27 blocks. So, like, you were all over the place, and it showed that you um, the fun was back. What was it about Limestone that, you know, made the fun come back? Um, when I was transferring, I was really looking for a place that I felt like I belonged, and that is my personal advice to anybody who's ever looking to transfer, even go to college for the first time, is find somewhere that you're comfortable and find somewhere that makes you happy even if you didn't have your sport, and I'm content here. Like, I met a lot of really good people, a lot of good Gaffney families in my first couple weeks here before I even committed to Limestone when I was transferring, and I felt like I belonged here, so... You know, volleyball aside, like this is a school that I'm content at and probably more than content. So it translates onto the court. Like in my mind, if you're just here for your sport, you're not going to be happy if that sport suddenly goes away. So in my case, having a sport that I love doing and being at a place that I love to be at, it makes both work out for the better. Now, part, pardon my minor ignorance in volleyball because I never <laughs> played volleyball growing up. I was a football, baseball, and swimmer. Um, you, you're an outside hitter here. Yes. Has that always been the position you played? Or, you know, when you're younger, do you kind of switch around and move around? Or, or what happens with those positionings? Um, I got shuffled around a lot when I was a kid because I actually wasn't very tall. Um, 
I was a setter for a while, and then I hit a growth spurt, and I was a middle, and I don't know why that was a middle. I was very slow. Um, but now I'm an outside, and I've been an outside since probably, like, my freshman year of high school, and I was an outside at my former school, too, before I came here. Um, I mean, that's somewhere that I'm most comfortable because I can see the court better from there, and I, I have to give props to my teammates who are middles for spinning in circles the way that they do. It's like a traffic cone in the middle of the court. Like, they're always in the way, and I can't do that, so <laughs> I'll stay out of the way. <laughs> Completely understand. Now, she, you know, she said she was tiny – you know, short when she was younger. I don't believe that. She's standing taller than I am right now. She's six <laughs> foot. Like, yeah, this is I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm sure short was relative. <laughs> now, so obviously something has uh, genes to do with that. You know, no. when are, are your parents tall? I'm or taller than both my parents. Well, see, look at that. Yeah. So you just, you're an anomaly, basically, is what pretty you're Pretty much. <laughs> they bred you just to play volleyball. I, that's what I feels like, pretty much. Gotcha, gotcha. So you've come here now to Limestone after two years at another school. You've come here, spent a year. You're getting a free year, basically, now. Um, you were you were talking about before we we got on that you were gonna you were gonna redshirt this year anyways kind of what was the reason that you were gonna kind of redshirt just to to focus on school for a little bit focus on your your performance on the court what was the what was the reasoning there um, when I transferred here I ended up changing my major I was originally a biology major when I got here and I changed it to mathematics because I turns out I hate science and <laughs> so funny thing yeah I'm actually good at the math part but not the science part so it made more sense to go that direction. Well, some classes here are not offered within the times that I needed them to be offered. Um, so academically, it made sense for me to take an extra year, and therefore I can double major and obtain a minor by accident, but I still obtained the minor. Um, so academically is why I did it, but I was going to redshirt because of COVID conditions, and I'm very used to having like my parents, my grandparents, um, I coach kids, so I always have kids in the stands that are coming to watch games, and I'm very used to that, and having a year as abnormal as this one did not make me comfortable with setting foot on the court for this potentially being my last time ever in college. It, it didn't sit right with me, so I'd rather be patient, wait till next year when things might be normal, but it turns out that eligibility got given to us all for next year regardless, so I don't have to redshirt now, so it kind of worked out, but... Yeah, you can't really ask for a better situation yeah. there then. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel personally attacked. You said not science. I'm a, I was a bio minor. So I'm feel, sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm just very bad at it. <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a math science person. I don't know how I ended up in a career that involves a lot of English and writing. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's funny that you accidentally minored in something because I accidentally almost minored in history in college. Yeah. <laughs> my guidance counselor told me. That was never going to happen for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I survived history classes. <laughs> Some of us thrive in science. Some of us thrive in history. And exactly. So you mentioned, and th uh, this brings up kind of my next uh, next question for you. Uh, you mentioned that you, you coach a lot of kids. Um, you, you feel that it's important, obviously, to give back to the sport that's given you so much. And uh, so you've spent some time coaching the younger generation of volleyball players growing up. Yes. Um, I've, I got into coaching about a year and a half ago now. Um, it wasn't really my thing because I'm an only child, so I have not been around a lot of children most of my life. I've always been around adults, and, you know, being an only child suddenly in a position in which you're a th an authority figure over a bunch of little children, it was a little strange for me at first. Uh, I didn't really think I was going to like it, but I don't know. They, For some reason, the kids just like me. I'm not the most approachable of people all the time, but they really just like latched on to me and they saw that I was a pretty good player and 
I don't know. That's a kind of just how it worked out. But in my case here in Gaffney, yeah, I coach a lot of the kids that are in uh, surrounding middle schools and high schools here. Um, I coached a club team last year, and it's just something that I really enjoy doing. I probably get that from my parents too, but I have I believe in trying to leave things better than you found them. I'm not going to be in Gaffney forever, so I might as well do what I can now, especially with COVID. I know it's like putting a strain on the kids' mental health here when they don't have physical school or seasons. I know it's putting a strain on my team, so of course it's doing it to the younger kids. So, But my teammates even get involved too with coaching and stuff. Um, they love to be around them just as much as I do because they're just goofy and highlights of our week. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are, are very close with the local middle school and high mm -hmm. school teams as well. You guys go out and you watch a lot of their matches and, and cheer them on as well. And they come in. And, and they, they in turn come in yeah. here. You know, I've, yeah. We've had the poster signing sessions and everything, which is always a, a great give back to the community. Have you been able to take anything away from that, you know, situation, that coaching experience and, and kind of apply it to on the court? Um, yes, because my one of my favorite quotes while coaching is do as I say, not as I do. I have rather unconventional form in a lot of things that I do on the court. And um, yeah, that's the word we're going to go with unconventional because <laughs> I can teach better than I can play, in my opinion. And I know that I do not look correct when I do certain things, but I've been doing it wrong for a very, very long time to the point now where I'm almost too old to fix it. So I try to break bad habits with them early, um, especially on the court behaviors of just bad posture because I'm terrible at that. So I, I try to make them better than me. <laughs> I can understand that. And when I was coaching swimming, I, I, I again, I'm in the same kind of boat. My technique wasn't exactly what it should have been for sure. And I'm trying to teach and show the right technique. Do you ever run into an issue where you're like trying to demonstrate technique to someone and you're like your own little unconventionality comes out and you're like, no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let, me, yeah. let me move my arm um, to the right spot here. Pretty much. So I actually do have a shoulder problem. I, I have a chronic dislocation and it just falls out sometimes. So wow. if you've ever seen me hit on the court, there's certain movements of my arm that I can't really replicate, but in the heat of the moment. And I realized that one time I was trying to teach a private lesson to a girl who had wider shoulders than me and she couldn't copy a movement that I was doing and I realized that's because it's not normal and so yeah I kind of had to address adjust my route there but uh, yeah I've realized a couple things that I've learned are just Vanessa learnings like I, I've combined things I've seen my parents do or former coaches or other players and just put my own touch on it and it looks funny, but it works. <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of times when it comes to the coaching, it's all about, you know, the attitude and how you can get through to the, you know, the kids. Um, I think that's a big part of it. You know, have you been able to, like, you said that you were new with kids, you know, really build these relationships with them. You feel like you're close with them and you're really getting through them because I know for them, they always like to look up to mentors. And I think, you know, seeing someone that's on the college volleyball team like that's a big person for them um believe it or not some of the kids that I've been getting recently actually don't even know that I play college volleyball um I try to keep that down until they the season comes around and then they can come to games but I want them to trust me as a person uh not necessarily just because I'm good at volleyball and that comes a lot with the parents too they they trust me as a person to be around their kids not just because I'm good at volleyball good at coaching but of who I am and I that weighs heavily on me but in a good way because it's a lot of responsibility for me to be carrying around at all times like even when I'm on the court off the court just a student um, I have kids here at Limestone actually that are dual enrolled and I run into them on campus so 
yeah, I mean, I, I've I've taken a lot from meeting each and every one of these kids. I've been invited into some of their homes by their parents for like meals and stuff. And it, I mean, that's nice for a college student who's away from home. So it, I really, Absolutely. yeah, Take I appreciate a home cooked meal. <laughs> so it's nice. Um, they give a lot back to me just because they can. I'm going to need to get these parents' numbers. <laughs> I need a home-cooked <laughs> meal sometimes. <laughs> There's nothing like a good home-cooked right? meal. Right, man, let me while. tell you. I, you know, you go to Cracker Barrel and you get something that's like mm-hmm. home-cooked meal-esque, but something about like smelling it as it's cooking while you're sitting in the living room. There's nothing like yeah, it. Yeah, no, you can't really beat that. All right, so we're heading into a, a free season for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you're playing 10 games. You don't get to play against Lenore Ryan in the regular season, um, which we found interesting in our in our schedule special the other week. Um, what what kind of is your guys' mindset going into this shortened kind of weird season? Um, I think that this is a year for us to practice what we preach, which a lot of times is like that we enjoy this game. Um, we enjoy each other. Like our t- my team, I can speak very very highly of them because I have never been on a team that gets along the way that we do, mm-hmm. and I've been on a lot of teams. I'm not just talking cl- college teams. I'm talking, like, club, high school, middle school. Like, this this team in particular has made me feel very, very comfortable and welcome when I got here, and we try to do the same thing for every single class. So that's something that we're trying to implement in the spring season is being inclusive with each other, too. Um, we believe that everybody's going to have a chance this year. Like everybody's going to have a chance to show off on the court at some point because it's not really a true competitive season. It's not normal. So now's the time to try new things. And that's what we're doing in practice when we have had practice, but that's what we've been doing in practice. People are trying new spots. Um, People are trying just new techniques and different things that they haven't done before. And it's a chance for us to get way better for next year because we actually don't lose that many people for next year. So it's interesting too. Um, it's a new it's, it's a new situation for you guys, but you know you're actually moving into a new conference as well. Mm-hmm. But for you, it's a conference that you've played in before, so you know these teams already. Um, how is that? You know, first year in the sack. Um, are you looking forward to it? In a way, yes. Um, I'm kind of excited to go back because I know what the competition was like. Um, to be honest, people in this conference are a lot bigger, faster, and a lot stronger, and so. Uh, it, it takes a lot more out of you if you're not used to that type of speed to figure out how to adapt. Um, there's a lot of times where different strategies were implemented by my old school when we were there because we, un- we were undersized, severely undersized in comparison to other teams. And that's what we're going to have to do this year a little bit is just ad- adjust to the new size, the speed, and just the level of the game. Um, it's it's exciting to go back because I definitely think that my team is way more than prepared for it. We have such good talent and we play even better together as a collective whole. So I'm excited for it, but it'll be interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> well, the other interesting part is too, you know, normally you're getting thrown into the fire into a, a brand new conference, a brand new season where you're competing for a regular season championship mm-hmm. and everything. This year, you guys almost get a, an ease in year almost yeah. if you will you know it's like you were saying it's it's real competition but it's also really not you know you can't everybody gets their free year back so is that going to play well into not this year but next year even oh for sure yeah um I, as far as i know we have some more people coming in next year so our roster will be a little bit bigger um we only lose one person unfortunately i really wish she would stay but she's leaving um so yeah we literally have almost everybody back from next year so anything that we establish now is just going to carry over um 
whatever we do in the sack this year is just preparation for next year. It's going to be good for me and my teammates to be together and sort of see how this plays out with us in this practice season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still looking forward to it, even though it's not as normal or as competitive as it normally would be. But yeah, it's like blessing in disguise almost that it'll. It is. It really like is. This. Absolutely, absolutely. So, is there anything that the team itself, you know, kind of like uh, team goals per se, that you guys have set for this uh, odd season? Is there is there something you've written on the whiteboard that you want to cross off at the end of the year? Um, we have a lot of personal goals that we do, and we write those down before practice, and we try our best. We leave it up there on the board until we obtain it, or we feel that we've obtained it, and then we change it to something else. And as a collective team goal, I really don't know that we have one at this exact moment because, you know, most of the time it's just like win, but we don't talk about how to get there. And I don't even think that's our goal. I really think we just want to try new things and get better this year, seriously, to prepare for next year and especially our one true senior that we have. Like we want to make sure that this is a year that she remembers because she's the only one that's truly impacted by this. So kind of a refocus year. It's not typical for goals and competition. So it's different. Completely understandable there. All right, so let's move a little bit away now from volleyball. And, uh, you know, we, we forewarned you that this was going to occur. So we, we want to delve down a little bit deeper into you as a person, as, as Vanessa Bloss. We want to get to know you a little bit better. Of course, we, we preempt people with this question now because we've caught a couple people off guard <laughs> with it. Um, but she said she's prepared to give an answer for it. She says she's got a good one. So we'll, we'll see what she's got I coming up curious. here. So we mentioned the question. A couple things that people just don't know about you. What you got for us? Um, right now, one of my goals in the future is actually to go play overseas in Europe after I graduate. Um, I actually don't talk about that much because people see me as a math major and business major, and they're like, oh, what are you going to do with that? And I'm like, oh, I'm actually going to run off to Europe. Sorry. <laughs> play um, some more volleyball. Yeah, so – that's something that I've been thinking about doing ever since I was a kid. They don't really have a lot of options for that in America, so it's best to go overseas to pursue something like that. But um, Where would be the ideal spot? I don't know. I really haven't thought that far, but just not here. <laughs> just not here. <laughs> um, another thing is, like, my, gran my godparents, actually. Um, I was born and raised in Miami. We moved to Charlotte when I was seven. And my godparents, their names are Eddie and Rita, and they played for the Costa Rican national team for volleyball and back in their day. So that was another influence. Um, most of my facts are honestly volleyball facts that somehow come back <laughs> to my family in some way. It's your world. Um, yeah, and then so my side of the family is also the athletic side of the family. Uh, it's just me, my dad, and my mom, and my dog Toby. But we're the athletes of the family, and then my other side of the family is my dad's brother, so my uncle, and I have five boy cousins, Jake, Jordan, Jesse, Jonah, Nathan. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. What? Yes, Nathan. <laughs> I and thought you were going – so it's funny because my dad is one of six brothers, and they're all J names too, so I thought you were going down nope. that road, and then nope. you threw in the Nathan at yeah, us. Yeah, I had to throw in the Nathan. <laughs> but And then there's Eva, who's adopted. Um, she's adopted from China, so technically I'm the only natural-born Bloss girl for the moment. My cousins had kids, and there's finally been a couple girls. So I'm like, wow, finally I'm not by myself anymore. But <laughs> – but, yeah, um, only child, only grandchild, and so I've been kind of just around adults a lot of my life. So, yeah, anything else interesting <laughs> that you would like to know? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, there's there's tons of things we could ask. Um, you kind of already mentioned a, a favorite quote that you like to kind of live by um, when it comes to you know your coaching career. Is there a quote that impacts you personally um, that you have maybe? Um, well, to be honest, I'm kind of notorious for just like not I, – I have a temper, but I'm notorious for not l- allowing it to come out unless it's something that's truly important or like is important permanently. So in my mind, I don't like to let things bother me that aren't going to matter to me in a day or a week or two years even. And so that also sometimes can be a little bit of a bad thing when it comes to the opinions of like authority figures who aren't really going to be around when after I graduate. But, you know, um, that's just something that makes it a lot easier for me too. Uh, college life is a little bit difficult right now with the intensity of some of our classes um, especially stuff being online or converted to online with this COVID situation and just everybody's stressed. Everybody's very, very stressed. So I like to just stay calm as much as I can. And if it's not going to be important to me in a year or when I'm not at Limestone anymore, is it really something that needs to be on my priority list of worries? So that's not really a quote, but that's more of a mentality that I try to follow um, just for stuff that's not that important. But It's a good motto to live by, and especially, you know, as a college kid, it's so easy to get bogged down with all the burdens that you could possibly have. But, you know, letting those roll off your shoulders will allow you to focus on the priorities that you have, which school and volleyball and family, I think. And so yeah. those are good things to keep at the forefront. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get one more question for you, and then we'll we'll let you – travel off to class and, and anything else you're, you're doing today. Um, you know, you've talked about a lot of uh, players that you've had growing up, volleyball players, your, your parents, your godparents. Um, is there any player out there that, you know, is, is your favorite volleyball player per uh, se? Maybe one that you want to emulate your game after, you know, and they could be two different or three different people. Like, that's perfectly fine. But is there kind of a, a person that's had – you know, you, um, you're like, yes, you're you're the person. Actually, yes, and not in the way that you would think. So it's actually someone that's impacted me a lot through coaching. Um, I met a, a young kid who reminded me a lot of myself. And she's small, and she actually we share some physical characteristics that make us – she looks like a mini v- me. Like, it, it's quite funny. But um, she was one of the first kids that I ever met coaching about a year and some change ago, and – Uh, She was a very athletic ball of just energy, I guess. You know, the typical hyper 10-year-old that you would meet just trying out to compete in volleyball in the first time. And she was someone that just stuck in my mind because I was like, this kid is so happy all the time. And I was not in a very good place at that moment when I did meet her. And I was like, you know, it would be so much simpler if I would just think like her, you know, because she was just here to be here. She was just here in that moment to play volleyball, do what she loved doing. And this is the same kid that I had to explain to her one day because she wanted to be like Vanessa. She wants to be like Vanessa, like she wants to play volleyball in college. Well, the kid doesn't understand that you can't go to college just to play volleyball, that you have to actually do school. (laughs) But, you know, that was something that I didn't even know when I was a kid either. Like that was, I thought you go to college to play volleyball. That's it. And that's just something that has really stuck in my mind and like made me enjoy coaching and playing like I did when I was her age. And she, kids in Gaffney all the time ask me, they're like, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite one of us? I'm like, I love all of you, but yes, I do. And she's not here. (laughs) It's like, she's in, she's back in Concord, but, um, 
there's reasons why, and that's primarily the reason why. I've never really had a player that I've looked up to growing up. I've never really had a coach or anybody that I've looked up to aside from my parents because my dad and my mom were very good players, still are, and my dad can still block me. But this kid in particular was just someone that really has stuck in my mind, like even on the court when she's not in the stand. She comes to games all the time, but she knows who she is too. (laughs) I think that's an awesome answer. Um, You know, a mentor of mine once told me – everyone thinks mentors as being older than you, you know, you're trying to get their, their wiseness and everything, their intelligence. But he also told me like, you should also have a mentor that's younger than you because the things that you can pick up from that is completely different than an older mentor. And it sounds like you have that, you know, just finding the youthfulness and energy and, you know, putting that back into your life from what she gives to you. That's awesome. I seriously learned so much from them. Like I learned more from them than they probably do from me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely great to have. And I also love how she kind of snuck in nonchalant that her dad can still block her. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he'll appreciate that. So those other sack schools that are looking for a good middle blocker right now. (laughs) (laughs) He never played in college, so. He might have some eligibility. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Vanessa, we thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, We we obviously got to know you a, a lot better, and I hope everybody at home gets to know you a lot better. And, Make sure that you come out to all the women's volleyball games in the spring and, and see her on the outside just slamming it down. So, again, we thank you for, for joining us this morning. And, uh, yeah, it's a great great time to get to know you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So uh, this uh, concludes this episode of the Breaking the Rock podcast. Make sure that you follow all news and notes of Limestone Athletics on golimestonesaints.com. You can find all episodes of this podcast at golimestonesaints.com backslash podcast, as well as on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.